Fellas, say goodbye to Chuck Sherman the boy. I am now a man. I highly recommend you join the club. We are doing the wild thing all night. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Sherman. Sherman, I could build this food. Is that all you gonna eat? General Sherman realized and understood the importance of house music. So, do you know anything about techno? No. Listen. Yeah, you know. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to another brand new episode of Sherm in the Booth. I'm, of course, your host, Sherm. Today is Wednesday, February 3rd, 2021. This is episode 146, and I am so excited. I finally got my full podcast studio hooked up, guys. We got every bell and whistle running, and I knew it was time to have my man, Apollo XO, back on the show for the full experience for episode 146. Now, if you remember, I actually had Apollo XO on back in November 2019, and since then, a lot has happened for him. He's continued to grow his brand, build a massive online live stream audience, and release tons of new music. In episode 146, we discuss 2020 thoughts and perspective. As a top DJ in Chicago and an internationally recognized talent, Apollo has had to deal with the struggles of the music industry since COVID began. He's continued to stay optimistic and motivated, knowing that if you can make it through this time as an artist, there's nothing that can get in your way, and I love that energy. Now, like I said, he's been releasing a ton of new music since I had him on, and I'm talking 10 tracks in a year, guys. EXO is an incredibly well-versed producer and has released hip-hop, R&B, trap, house, bass house, and even some left-field lo-fi tracks. We ran through every single one and learned about how tracks like Tokyo Rain featuring Josh Ars, Love with Good Sex, and Posing with Steve Girard came together. Now, of course, wanted to ask Apollo about the state of the music industry. His season's experience gives him a unique perspective on what state the industry is in. We took a deep dive into the pros and cons on how we are all having realizations on why we got into this industry. It's all about the music, people. Apollo is someone that has earned every stripe and has built an incredible brand on his own will, determination, and love for the game. I have a ton of respect for his hustle and talent, and this is someone that you definitely want to keep an eye out for because he showed me some and released music. Woo! Gonna be a big year for EXO, man, and I cannot wait to catch him back in the club when this is all over. Let's get into it right now, guys. This is episode 146 with Apollo XO. All right, everybody, I am so pumped for this interview. We got my man Apollo XO on again. What do you do? Dude, it's good to see you, man. It's good <laughs> to have you back on again. Full setup here. How's it feel to be back in Sherman the Booth? I fucking love it, bro. I love the setup. This yeah. is so sick. You're you're official now, bro. I know. You're super official. I know. It's, it's clean. Like, got your own backdrop? I don't even have a backdrop, bro. You, you got a green screen, though. You can do whatever do, you want with yeah. that. I feel like, I don't know, I feel like the backdrop is cool. Like, the green screen's cool, right? But yeah. then you gotta, like, it's a process, because then you gotta go through, like, getting visuals and shit for it. And yeah, that's true. Yeah. You, I remember, because I did a, a live interview with you on Instagram, like, I don't know when it was, I can't keep track of it. It was, like, at the beginning of the pandemic. Beginning it was, like, pandemic. in, like, March or April, I think. Yeah, like. and you, well, you were doing a really sick live stream though like you learned a lot too in that period of time and yeah before we got on air you were telling me how much you like to challenge yourself with the most difficult fucking things to do yeah master them yeah and you figured that out pretty quickly yeah um <clears throat> yeah i learned after effects in like probably like a week 
Uh, I mean, I'm obviously not going to go, like, make Transformers, yeah, you know, yeah. but, yes, yes. but um, <laughs> yeah, I learned After Effects within, like, a week, um, and then there were a few other video editing and, like, light editing um, softwares that I I learned. I built the whole Ultra stage, so. Yes, that. I forgot about that. Yeah. That was incredible. Yeah, it was cool. Um, it was definitely cool to do. I think it took, like, three days and you Total. had fire. Like. I had fire, yep. So everything was set on a different trigger. Um, so it was cool to do, but the reaction was like, this is cool. <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah. it was like I spent like three <laughs> days of my life like being like, everything has to be perfect. And like, yeah. people were like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> so that, that's why I don't do it anymore. It was hard to impress people in the beginning with the, the live streams. Yeah. And I mean, it was, Still that. Is. that's exactly why I did it. Because like, I wanted like... Everybody had the just stand in front of the camera or like be on their Instagram, you know, yeah. and like I like kind of wanted mine to be funny, like haha, I see what he did there, because yeah, like yeah. I had the crowd in front of me, like yes. you know, and all that shit. So yeah, when I did it, I was like, okay, people are gonna totally get this, <laughs> you know, and then like it's cool, you know. And so I was like, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> I know. What what is, what is your opinion on live streaming? Just curious. Um, as a DJ, I mean. I saw I saw an interview with Jazzy Jeff mm -hmm. the other day, yeah. and I just caught a clip of it, so I didn't watch the whole thing. Yeah. Um. But he was like, "Well, like I had to tell another DJ that like if you're not live streaming, like the club promoter and the owners are you know sitting at home watching your replacement." Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Yeah, I guess if you're if you're an open format DJ who doesn't really provide value, yeah, then yeah." For sure. But if you have kind of a brand and like you kind of have, you don't have to have the biggest following, but like, you right. know, if you can bring people out and all that, like Tao isn't going to hire a guy who live streams on Twitch just because he gets, you know, uh, people to watch. Yeah. A hundred people to watch. Like right. that's cool. But like, you know, anybody can do that. It depends then. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's so complicated because, like, on one end, like, I feel I feel like that. But then on the other end, like, you do have to provide some type of content, right? Yeah. Like, out of sight, out of mind. So that's why, like, I've started doing, like, studio sessions. Yeah. Like, when I'm working on a track or if I'm, like, finishing up a track, like, <clears throat> um, it, like I'm either starting a brand new track so people can see that or... Yeah. Um, finishing a track so people can see like how you put the finishing touches on right because like the middle like eqing something isn't fun to You're watch like, like you that's can't even talk that's like mind numbing yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so like i don't i try not to do that but yeah. like providing some type of like content that people can watch and like be in touch with and like yeah. if they feel you they like see you making a track like you know they're there for it like they feel invested totally. in that totally. and so it's like it's cool it's a cooler experience too but djing like it's weird because like I've always said that DJing on a live stream is substantially harder than DJing in a club because if you, I play a song you don't like, all you have to do is click a button to go to the yep. next page or close don't out have the tab. Order Uber and leave. You don't have to close out your tab. You <laughs> don't have to rally your friends. You don't have to order an Uber. Yeah, you don't have to decide so where you want to go next. I forgot about that yeah. life. Yeah, bro. It's so much easier, you know? So, like, yeah. I really think that it's, like, harder to keep an audience on yeah. Twitch. Yeah. But it's harder to DJ in real life. Yeah, well said. Yeah, because I can I can like slam tracks every thirty seconds if you want, right? And make them sound good, right. but you know, or, or I don't even have to make them sound good. On, yeah, you know, Twitch, but in the club, like 
it has to sound good, bro. I think what yeah. I've noticed, at least from my own experience as well, like even as a DJ who's like done various types of live streams, right? I am trying to like make sure that like I'm not losing the love of DJing. Yeah. You know what I mean? The love of performing. Mm-hmm. Like I think we can both agree once it comes once you get the skills, you can always improve, but you probably won't lose them. Yeah. At it, least as a fundamental DJ. Yeah, it's a muscle memory thing. Yeah. So like when I it I've like had some streams where like a lot of people tune in and like they're enjoying it. It's like a Friday or Saturday night or whatever it might be and yeah. doing donations and like it's awesome and I'm enjoying it because I'm able to like see who's on. And there are other times where I'm like, I feel like you put in a, a million streams worth of effort yep. and like two people watch and you're yeah. like, fuck. Yeah, straight up. Um, and that's why, that's honestly why I stopped streaming for so long. Like, um, my fucking subscribers probably hate me because like <laughs> <laughs> I went, so like when everything happened, when I first switched over from Twitch, because you know, for a minute I was doing it on Instagram and yeah. I was getting like 200 people tuning in from yeah. Instagram, like yeah, all over the world them, too. Yeah. And um, I was getting a bunch of people tuning in and I was like, all right, cool. Like everybody go to Twitch, like come yeah. watch me on Twitch. It's right. so much cooler over there. Right. Like, you know, and like I got some people to go over, but when I first started streaming, I had like 150 subscribers, yeah. like people, like paid subscribers. And then like people were tuning in, like, uh, like heavy definitely helped me out with that too. Cause yeah. like he was, he was like rating me and then yeah. like, you know, like we were like helping all the DJs out. All the DJs were helping each other build, right. um, like foundations essentially. Right. And, um, so then time went on and I was streaming, but then it got to the point where I was like, fuck, I have to stream. Yeah. You know? Yep. Or like, damn, I didn't download any new music. Right. Like, you don't want to, you don't, you know, because then, especially for me, like, I can remember if I've played a song my whole career. Mm -hmm. Like, I can tell you if you play me a, if you play me a song, I can be like, oh, I've played that before. Or no, I've actually never played that in my whole 10 years of DJing. (laughs) Like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, when I have a memory like that with songs, Mm -hmm. playing the same songs makes me feel like, I'm doing exactly that, even though to to the the um, the viewer, yeah. it, they might not have tuned in for the last stream or whatever. Right. This is a completely new set to them. Right. But even if I'm playing completely different songs in a complete or the same songs in a completely different way, yeah, I feel like I'm playing the same yeah. set all the time. <laughs> so like, it's just I don't know. It's just annoying. So that's why I got out of it for a while. Yeah. Um, and then I came back for a little bit and yeah. was like, all right, I'm gonna do every day. And then I was like, it's no, no, yeah. it's, it's energy draining. It starts to feel like a job, you know? Yeah. And now I'll just jump on and, um, <clears throat> I just had actually new graphics made so that I can like relaunch and like start doing like my super galactic studio streams and like oh, my yeah. gaming sessions. And then I'm going to do a DJ stream like once a week, maybe twice, you Good know? Idea. And cause then that's not repetitive. You know, it doesn't get you. repetitive. Exactly. It gives me more time to like. Right find music and not feel rushed about it and, you know, throw stuff in a playlist, go through, listen to music throughout the week. Yeah. And, yeah. So. You miss that at all? Just like the getting ready for a gig, like all the preparation, <clears throat> like the whole A to B situation. Um, Cause you DJed a lot, bro. Yeah. Like, before this all hit, you're DJing at least five nights a week. Yeah. Um, <sighs> When it's that constant, the the preparation isn't as much. That's true. And the reason why is because um, I'm really just adding 
or taking away a song or two from my mm-hmm. crate. Um, <clears throat> and like sometimes, obviously, like if I'm playing an open format club and then I'm going to go play a house club, like there's preparation, you know? Right. But um, if you're playing like open format clubs, you kind of know like, all right, I have to hit this song at least, hit this song. And then yeah. like you have your other fill-in songs. Yeah. And then like I've been trying to flirt with the line of, I always say that I play like 80% what I want to hear and 20% what the crowd wants to hear. Oh, but I feel so like it's a pretty though. I feel like it's pretty good, bro. I've gotten pretty good at it and I feel like I've done a good job with it or else I wouldn't be. I mean, last you know? time I had you on, bro, it was uh November 2019. Yep. I remember you telling me an amazing story about you playing All I Want for Christmas is You in the summer. Yep. And it just working better than a lot of songs that yeah. you think. Yeah. And I love that story because it was just it was you. You know what I mean? Like you did it because you were like I think this is going to work, and I think it's going to be funny, and I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. And you know what? Like, fuck it, it they fucking don't. worked. Yeah. And it worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll always, I'll always take advantage of situations like that. And, yeah. Uh, I'm always going to stay true to myself um, in any situation. I feel like that's my motto in life. Like, I'm yeah. always going to stay true to myself. Like, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess. Well, you focus so much more on production, dude. Like, you were just telling me that before we got on. Yeah. Like... And it's like what I just mentioned. I mean, without a doubt, you are one of the best DJs I've ever met, let alone in Chicago, dude. You've earned your stripes. You continue to get better and better. So you know that's going to be there. But you have taken a, a focus on production. I mean, in 2020, dude, you released 10 tracks. Lots of different variety. Wait, did I? Yes. Oh, shit. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. Damn. I'm a reporter. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, and that's really good, dude. Like, It's a track a month. Almost. Pretty much, mm-hmm. and and it's a lot of variety, and it showcases your style, and I think it really is just a testament to what you just said. Like you're trying to make yourself happy at the end of the yeah. day, Apollo, and I love that. When did that like shift happen for you mentally? Um, I mean, just like I've never wanted to do this. Like, okay, listen, like having a jet, and like you know, flying to a city and they put down the little carpet and it says Apollo on it, you know, like that's, that's always a dream, right? Like yeah. everybody wants that. Yeah, um, that. <clears throat> having a Lamborghini and like a crazy ass penthouse, like that's always sick, but like, yeah. I'm not going to, um, get those things at the cost of happiness and like me hating my career. Okay. Um, yeah, I started DJing because I loved it. <clears throat> I love making people dance and um, I just loved having fun in general. Yeah. And then production's the same way. Um, I yeah. was I was a producer before I was a DJ. Right. I just took a hiatus from producing because I moved to Chicago, and you know I kind of had to figure it out as a DJ. Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> actually, I you know I had to get money as a DJ <laughs> to be able to support producing. That's right. Um, but I think that is that's just always kind of been in the back of my mind that I'm always gonna be me and always going to do different genres and i think if i produce different genres people will be like oh well like he's an open format dj so right it makes sense to me yeah. I, like i've had a lot of people be like yo we're, i'm like kind of confused like are you a house dj are you and i'm like i'm a fucking open format dj bro like yeah. i don't i don't that understand where the house. disconnect is there yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so i mean i think that's it's always just been there it's there was never like a change in the mindset you know do you think 2020, like, without having to DJ and do all those things, you've been able to refocus on production since you have more time? Um, yeah, I do, for sure. Um, I don't think that... 
I, I don't know. I feel like I didn't really gain like a bunch of time in 2020 because like yeah. my life, it really didn't change much. When you, when you take the average gig, it's what, two hours for me. Yeah. So maybe two hours, we'll say three times a week. Okay. That's six hours yeah. that I lost. Yeah. Like that's, or that's six hours that I gained, you know, like yeah. in that six hours, cool. Now I can, you know, maybe sleep for six hours and use the other, you know, whatever, that's the other right. time to, um, you know, do DJ stuff or produce, but yeah. 2020, I feel like for DJs, if they weren't producers, yeah. was difficult. Yes. But me, I'm a homebody. I stayed at home yeah. and I was producing before. So a long world. Yeah. It it didn't yeah, it didn't really affect me much except for I don't DJ. Well, this is a question I actually have for for the end, but I'm gonna ask you right now. I guess from a creative perspective, for someone who does perform a lot, right? Whether it isn't even as time invested, like if we just take time out of the equation, mm. you're someone who makes music for the most part, to play live, to right. play the clubs, right? Yeah. Did your creative perspective change when you're in the studio? Uh, yeah, kind of. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I get exactly what you mean. Yeah. Um, yeah, I make. Well, I don't know, dude. Cause like I make music for the club. Yeah. Right, but like I feel like you can also listen to it just anytime. Yeah. So like I, I That's think I make music with a vision of how it'll work in the club, but okay. I feel like my music isn't specifically designed for the club. Okay. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have to, as a producer, at least in my experience and people that I produce with, and, and you've told me yeah. this, right? When you make a song, you picture it where it would be played. Exactly. And so many times when you're making a track, you're like, damn, this is going to fucking slap its by bar. Yeah. Damn, <laughs> yeah. this would do so well at a beach in Ibiza. Yeah. Damn, this would be so sick to play as an opening track. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. But I think what we're finding out with music producers in 2020 and 2021, you see a lot of guys kind of going left field, going outside their comfort zone, so to speak, outside their brand. And I think it's awesome because who gives a fuck about that shit anymore? Yeah. Make music that you love making. Yes, picture yourself in a scene, wherever it might be played. Yeah. But if you can tell the line of this is streamable on Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you're going to stream, Apple Music, but this is also playable, yeah. that's where you're going to find success. I agree with that for sure. Yeah, um, yeah that's kind of how I've felt the whole time about the situation is like, yeah. I'm just going to release whatever. The one thing that I do focus on, though, is like not releasing too many like of the same genre in the row. Yeah, um, definitely. Specifically, hip hop music. Mm -hmm. um, I try not to release hip hop tracks like back to back to back to back to back. Yeah. Because for some fucking reason, bro, <laughs> and I'll never understand this. If you play hip hop, and you're like a house DJ like me, or yeah. like you know an open format DJ, right. you get like pigeonholed or labeled as like a hip hop DJ, and it's it's just weird yeah. to me, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know, it's, but yeah, that's that's the only thing I really care about is um, order of release. Yeah, I try to space them out. Yeah. So, I guess from a production standpoint as well, do you stack tracks? Like, do you have like a hip hop week where you're like, I'm really feeling this, so I'm gonna save this for another time. Because I know, like, for at least, like, your track with Steve Gerard Posen, I know that one took a while to come out. Yeah. Did you release that at a time when you said, I've released enough hip-hop tracks, like, it's time for a house track now? Um, we, we released Posen in March, right? Um, <clears throat> I think that was, uh, I think it was just done. 
Yeah. And I was like, I need a release. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes that's how it goes, you know? You're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. hey, uh, Steve, you want to release this? He's like, yeah, I don't give a shit. Yeah, you know? <laughs> sounds like Steve. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so then I called uh, Tiny Jag. And yeah. uh, I was like, hey, you want to release this? And she, in her release schedule, um, she had an album coming out. Okay. So it had to release in March. Okay. Because she was starting album promo in April. Right. So there I wouldn't go. have got anything from her essentially she would have been like hey the track's out but like i wouldn't have gotten anything else and like i didn't want her to like have to bounce between a single that has nothing to sound do with like how the rest of her shit sounds you know oh yeah and then no it's yeah it's completely different um that's the only that's only it's the first time i heard her the name yeah that's yeah that um was just a random track that we did together she's a friend from college actually so yeah she's a friend from college um i actually met her she worked at a, like a sunglass hut, and I worked at Fye in the mall. And she came in to like buy the Kendrick Lamar "Good Kid, Mad City" yeah. album, and I was the one who like cashed her out. And like we, no I, I used to see her in college and stuff. Yeah, so like um, we just became friends. And all of a sudden, in college, when I was like producing, she was like, "Hey, will you like make me a beat? Like I kind of want to get into rapping." So like I, you know, <laughs> went over to her house, like tried to make a beat live, and like I wasn't really that great back yeah. then. So like. Nothing ever worked out, and then, like, probably four years, three years later, ended up sending her a beat when she, like, officially kicked off her rap career. Yeah. Um, it was wow. her first single. I don't even think it's she has it out anymore. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, and then we just happened to be in L.A. at the same time, and I was like, yo, come through. I was playing her tracks, and I was like, yo, what do you think about getting on, like, some, like, cool kind of weird house thing? And yeah. she was like, let's fucking do it. And so I was like, but it'll, it'll be, like, a hip-hop track though it almost. is a hip hop track yeah it's like a hip hop bass house track so that's how that whole thing happened oh, um, yeah. I like trick artists into like thinking that they're gonna be on like <laughs> hip hop tracks and I'm like haha it's a house track <laughs> but no 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 she knew what it was she yeah. was actually she fucked with it super hard um, but yeah that's how it happened and then that's why the release that's why I released three tracks in in March cause they yeah. all had certain release schedules yeah bro for sure I mean and, and seriously like 2020 was a big year for you like, 10 tracks in a year with all this variety here. I mean, let's run through them, bro. Like, Got You with Josh Ars. Yep. I know you mentioned him before. He's under the same management group as you, right? Is Jesse still managing you? No. No, no, no. But Josh uh, was, at that point, he was managed. They, you guys were together. Yes, right? yep. Yeah, yeah, Well, Josh is an incredibly talented singer. Incredibly talented. I don't have to tell you that. I mean, this is an underrated XO track, in my opinion, bro. I think I think I think so, too, bro. <laughs> I re- like, it really is. It was fire. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. Because his voice, like, and we'll talk about Tokyo Rain in a sec, too. But you got hip-hop, R&B, there's trap fusion here, man. Like, this has got a little bit of everything, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, what makes a song really, really special, at least when you have somebody like Josh on a track. Did you finish that track, send him the beat, or how collaborative was that? Um, Dude, so Josh came to my house. So um, I met Jesse. And then, like, a day or two later, I was getting... I was in the studio. I was at Private Stock getting mm-hmm. Supernova mixed yes. and mastered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, they text me. Jesse text me. He was like, yo, I want to introduce you to Josh. So I was like, pull up on me. I'm at the studio right now. Yeah. So <clears throat> they pulled up on me, and then we went back to my house afterwards, um, just running through stuff. And uh, I was just kind of trying to get a sense of what Josh 
was into. And I was like, hey, dude, like, I, as a DJ, um, my thing is kind of putting artists on shit that they've never been on before. Yeah. And kind of bending and blending genres together. So he was like, let's do it. And uh, that day, I had, um, you know the song Bills by um, Destiny Child? Yeah. So... That the drums on Got You and everything at the beginning, yeah. I had made a remix of with the um, the synth line or the lead in Bills. What? And so I just took that off there because yeah. Josh was Josh liked it, but obviously we're not gonna clear a Destiny Child sample. Right, right, right. Um, so then I have a electric guitar in my studio, and Josh plays guitar really well. Nice. Um, so he picked that up and gave me a guitar loop, and that's the that's the lead that you hear in there so that that track was made like that day almost that's awesome within like two days of meeting each other yeah that's you know how special that is when that happens oh yeah 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 Yeah, and then we sent it out to uh my boy ferbs shout out my engineer ferbs yeah um and he just crushed the mix on it dude it's it's so dope like it it, i think i mean at least out of all your releases in my in my chair like underrated i appreciate that man I thank love that. you I, cause, dude, I don't play it enough either I, just, that, I need to play it more that like um one of the first songs trap songs of course is like original donna flash or Thomas remix yeah you know what i mean and i heard that like the, my freshman year in college and i just was like wow like what what is this sound yeah right? you know these big yeah. builds and these like but like it feels like a slow drop but just because of the sound design and like yeah the the bass it's so quick almost, but like you get into it. Yeah. And when I heard Got You today, because I had been I hadn't heard it in a little while. I was like, oh, you put oh, it on. <laughs> dude, it took me back. So I, it was it was It's so much. it's so weird too because um I don't want to go in on this track for too long. But <laughs> but but when we when we were making it, we were sitting next to each other and uh we had it figured like we had the vocals, we had the beginning, and then the drop. Yeah. And we were like, what are we going to do? Yeah. <laughs> so each of us, what I like to do with artists um, is I'll be like, all right, we're each going to put on headphones. Yeah. And we're each going to do something to the track. Yeah. So um, like <clears throat> I have no clue how I came up with that drop. <laughs> no clue. No clue how it worked. All I know is I was scrolling through presets and um, I tweaked that. I tweaked the preset a little bit, but it, it's definitely a preset. But yeah. I tweaked it a little bit. Yeah. And um, I was like, "Yo, how cool would it be if we took this big room synth? Yeah. And like put it on this trap drop. There we go. You know, like. Yeah. And that I was like, it's like big room trap, bro. Like it's. <laughs> <laughs> it is big yeah. room trap. That's exactly what yep. it is. Yeah. It's like it's like really close to like an RL grime. Yeah. Almost. Um, that's, that is, a, I think an R.L. Grime song is the reference that I sent to my engineer. For sure. I yeah. mean, I think that's why I got those vibes. Yeah. Love that track. Love R. I love R.L., so. Me too. Yeah. Guilty pleasure. <laughs> Tokyo Rain. I mean, I remember when you released this, actually. I think you sent it to me directly, or you sent it to me before it was released. And I was like, this is, this is like cutting edge shit. Yeah. I truly believe like it's cutting edge shit. And I still think it is because it's a, it's a personal favorite. Like I put it on all my playlists. Really? You know, like when you get songs, somebody sends you a song and you immediately like it. Yeah. I immediately like this track, bro. Thank you, bro. You know what I mean? Thank you. And like, I may not be Zane Lowe, but I'd like to think I've heard enough music to consider <laughs> what's good and what's bad and what's yeah. great. 
And in my eyes, this was great because it showcases your range of producer. And then from hearing Got You and listening to Tokyo Rain right after, I was like, okay, this is actually showcasing Josh's style as well. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it wasn't that you guys went outside your comfort zone, so to speak, but it seems like you guys were like taking risks. Yeah, we kind of... <clears throat> that, that, that track is weird too because um, that was another one where we were just in the studio and I had the beat. And I'd sent the beat to a few other producer friends, and they were like, you need to send this to Lil Uzi. Yes. I had a lot of people tell me that. They were like, you need to get this to Lil Uzi. Yeah. You need to sell sell a, sell an organ if you need to to get it to him. <laughs> and uh, I was just playing it. And the beat, it was titled Tokyo Rain at the time, too. And uh, <clears throat> so, <laughs> you all right? <laughs> You got yep. it. <laughs> um, Went down the wrong hole, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, no, the the, the, uh, the beat was titled Tokyo Rain, and I was just playing beats again, and uh, Josh just started freestyling. And um, this was after Got You, like, yeah. not even in the same step, session or month? Because, uh, like, obviously you guys, like, got into a flow. Yeah. Um, it was probably, like, the month that we released Got You. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was probably in January that uh, <laughs> it was probably in January. That's all good. It's all good. Yeah, it was. It was definitely in January that we got on with, that we made Tokyo Rain. Yeah. Okay. Tokyo Rain was another one that was like in the span of like a few days. Where did the name Tokyo Rain? Come? Um, this is so clean. Like, it's so sick. Yeah. Um, well, that was the name of the beat. That's what I titled it when okay. I made it. And <clears throat> it was, you? yeah, it was from, um, a video game. I'm really into Here we go. the Tokyo, like the night street, like pictures Yeah. or, you know, like Tokyo at night, like, yep. or like the little eight bit animations or 16 bit animations oh, yeah. and the synths in there sound like uh, 8-bit synths. Yes. So that's kind of where I was like... And the cover was actually originally... I was trying to... Because I did the cover. I do almost all my cover arts too. It's so cool. And um, when I was working on the cover art, I wanted to make it like an 8-bit, like Tokyo nighttime. Yeah. But my... My graphic abilities at the time just <laughs> did not inhibit me to be able to. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, so that's where the name came from, just the 8-bit, like, whole I love it, Tokyo man. Thing. That's cool to know that you, you literally do it, like, front to back, though. Yeah. I mean, I try to have as much involvement as I can on yeah. tracks just because, like, if um, like if I'm not in control of the whole track, it's it just it bugs me. Because yeah. it's it's my creation, you know what I'm For saying? Sure. So like if somebody's like does something different or like like I said, um when like collaborating, like that's why I don't necessarily like collaborating yeah. unless it's my idea. Right. Because um I can't everybody's um what is it called? Uh like everybody sees things and hears things differently. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. like if I'm not in control front to back, then there's a chance that my idea doesn't come to life. Yeah, absolutely. I respect that. Tokyo Rain Fire Track. Okay, and we talked about this one actually right before we went on air. Love with Good Sex featuring yep. Elena. I mean, <clears throat> again, in my eyes, like this is a wow track. It's really, really well written. Like from a sound design perspective, lyrical perspective, it's like Kaigo funk. 
Yeah. Um, it's sick. Yeah. Dude. It's fun. It's boppy, dude. It's like, and it, knowing good sex style, right? For those that don't know, like, very new age funk, new disco yep. type stuff, right? And then we get Apollo XO involved. Yeah. And it really, like, recreates what we think new disco can be. Yeah. It gets your house elements in there. Yep. Um, that's interesting because um, I felt like Elena hated me a little bit because um, <laughs> we did a track five years ago called Take Me Down and it never released and oh. it's never going to release ever. Okay. Um, and I mean, maybe it'll release, but <laughs> it's, it's five years old at this point. Okay, okay. But um, so it never released. And then I sent her that song was actually originally called Midnight City. Um so I sent it to her. Um, she sent me the vocals back, and I sat on it for like a year mm-hmm. um, with no plan of release. Um, and then I was just like, yo, I need to do something with this. Like, yeah. what's going on? The track was like at 80% pretty much, but I was like, it needs something that I can't provide to it. And I was like, who do I know that would like sound like do a good yeah. job with this. And that's when I sent it to Good Sex. And immediately Colin was like, I love this. And wow. we were in the studio. He came to my house, um, got in my studio, and we knocked it out, I think, within like a week of yeah. him like going back and forth. Because my idea was pretty much already done. Right. Um, and then so it was just him adding his elements. He redesigned some of the sounds and made them like more happy or i guess yes, if you would yes i think that's um, exactly yeah. more loving there you go yeah, there <laughs> you it's go. called nice. love <laughs> nice. <laughs> um but uh yeah so that was a that's an interesting track i like that track a lot i like that track a lot too and then i don't know if you saw but elena <clears throat> um she had changed her phone number and i didn't i had her phone number I had her new one and her old one, yeah. and I texted her old number, <laughs> and I sent the track. I was like, hey, here's how the new track sounds. What do you think about this? And the person responded and was like, yo, um, you have the wrong number, but I'm a music therapist from, it was like Norway or the Netherlands or some shit, and uh, this track's beautiful. Wow. And I was like, I that's fucking lit. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still have the screenshot story. for that. I almost want to like print it out and frame it. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, that track is, it's super cool because like good sex, um, they're really talented too. So like anytime I get a chance to like work with somebody who like I've wanted to work with for a while, um, that's always cool. Yeah. I love those guys, man. That's awesome. Uh, but Supernova with Ezekiel. Let's talk about this one. Cause this is that shit right here, man. This is boppy deep house, like sexy vocals, great progression in the production. Like the track front to back really tells a story to me. You're not just like making some track here. Yeah. This is not like what we were talking about, like a a a, a template Michael Beebe, right? You know no, what I mean? Yeah. Like, this was creative, dude. Yep. Did you have the instrumental done here before you got with Ezekiel, or how did this one work out? So, um, that I moved to LA in what 2018. Yeah. For three months. Right. And Ezekiel drove with me to LA. Did he? Yeah, cuz he was my roommate here at the time when right. I lived when yes. I lived in yeah. the suburbs. Right. Um so he drove there with me and then uh we made that we made the track and we got that vocal um in like one night pretty much. Um well not the vocal, not the vocal, but yeah. we made the beat 
Um, we made that first part that you hear. Yes. Until the trap drop. Oh, um, okay. All in one night. Yeah. We sat on that song for a year. There's 12 like different on songs for a year, don't There's you? 12 versions of that song. 12 fucking versions? There's 12 versions. I didn't ever think that song was going to come out. Um, <laughs> until one day we just got in, we ironed it out. Because yeah. um, <clears throat> we, we couldn't figure out what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, we were like, do we put a second verse on it? Yeah, or like yeah. what? And I was like, let's just reuse the same vocals over. Yeah. You know? Um, I like doing that a lot. Especially when the vocal's so good. So um, and then I was like, dude, like we should just span genres on this one. Because, yeah. you know, you have, like you said, like it sounds like it's going to be like an R&B record. And then it's dude. like an R&B deep house record into like a deep house R&B trap. And like, then into UK, like deep house UK. It was boppy deep house. And like, yeah. that was even still far from what it really was. Yeah. Um, the problem with that track, though, is that nobody knows what playlist to put it in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, straight up, when I submit it to playlists or, like, uh, I mean, I have this thing where, like, I I secretly want to release everything independently, but I just, like, send it to labels just to be like, sure. I wonder if I can get this on a label, yeah, you know? Yeah, why not? Um, and uh, everybody would come back, even, like, playlists, Spotify playlists, and they'd be like, uh... We're deep house playlists. This yeah. is hip hop. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. all the hip hop playlists would be like this deep house. Right. And so like, when you're blending genres like that, you don't have a home. That's true. It's very yeah. It's very difficult. But at the same time, sometimes a weakness, or at least defined by the labels, can be a strength in and of itself. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. I play the record all the time. I love it, Isn't and people like it in the club. How how labels kind of <clears throat> like I uh, I don't know if you ever heard of him before. His name is King Arthur. And he is a house producer, and he had a track that was sent to some big label. I think it was a spinning. Mm-hmm. Right? He sent a track to spinning, and they said, "No, we don't like this. This isn't like what we want to release." You know what I mean? And it kind of was genreless, so to speak, or like didn't fit, like you're yeah. talking about here. He ended up releasing it on another label, and it absolutely fucking blew up. Yeah. And they reached out to him and said, "What other? What else music do you have?" <laughs> and I think that's. I want to ask you about that kind of since we're on it. You're as someone who does self-release a lot. Yeah. What What are the reasons that you like to? <laughs> um, well, I keep all my money. <laughs> that yeah, would be yeah, that hey, would be number one. I think that's that's not number one, but um, it's something to consider. That's that's definitely a consideration. Yeah. Um, and labels usually when you tend to get labels involved, they like try to change the vision of the record and oh, like ten revisions <clears> of shit. Um, the the record that I played for you that we have coming out, I think it's actually going to come out. March in March, Peli Grossa. Okay. Um, the fire, the base house Brazilian one. Yes. Um, <clears throat> we my boy sent that to a label, and the whole record's in it's like Spanglish, but it's like a lot more Spanish than English for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, but a label hit him back. I think it might have been like Night Bass or something. Yeah. Hit him back and was like, hey, you guys should put more English in this record. Mm. And I was like, I didn't make this record for fucking Tao. Like, yeah. I made this record for the favelas of Brazil. Yes. Like, stop trying to whitewash my fucking record, bro. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And that's, I mean, you know, that's just what it is. Um, they labels do that a lot. Yeah, they want what's marketable, but, like, they're forgetting that Brazil and Latin America is a whole fucking continent. You know, Brazil's not a continent, but, like, you know, I Latin America. Market, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like... That's a whole market, and it's bigger than any other market in the world right now. Is it? Yeah, the Latin market is the biggest, like the biggest music yeah, market in the world. 
Bad Bunny's the number one most streamed artist on Spotify it's for the last year. Crazy, and that's something that I it think doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me either, and I still think for whatever reason it's it's underrated or underconsidered by most people. Yeah, bro, I can I can go to a club and play nothing but Latin music most of like ninety percent of the time, I and they'll go crazy. So do I, that, bro. That's why I produce so much of yeah, it. So I just played you like six six Latin I love records. That shit, man. It makes you move. Like yeah, Latin music makes it's for dancing. Yep, and that's it. It is for dancing. I it's, love that. Yeah, I love it. Gosh, okay. Now this one move with some kid. I mean, yes. Yeah. Such a dope sample too. I think it's like it's pretty common, but how you used it. Great job, bro. Yeah. Like. Isn't that a Pharrell sample? It is a Pharrell sample, but we're going to stay quiet about well, it because yeah, it's not a cleared well, sample. I don't think But if you do, Pharrell, <laughs> let me know if you want to come on. Pharrell. <laughs> I mean, you went in on this track, man, because it's a club hitter. Bass House is on point here. Were you trying to get some demons out of you? Because, like, these previous tracks that we were talking about, this isn't exactly love with good that's, sex. That's I mean? another uh, year. That's a year and a half, maybe. Track. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> that I made that on a bus coming back from Cleveland. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I had played it forward, and I like saving money. And I didn't have a car at the time, and I was I didn't want to fly. But I had, I'm trying to think, I had my girlfriend and uh, my boy Darian, I think, with me. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> we just hopped on the bus out to Cleveland. It was like the mega bus or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's like five hours. You pass out most of the time. It's like yeah. quick. And uh, then on the way back... After the club, I was just still feeling lit. Because Forward, shout out to Forward Nightclub. Yeah. Um, is that the outdoor place? Yeah, Dante Spot. Dude, and so it is sick. insane. It was, the first, it was the first like mega club that I'd ever played at. Um, yeah. And it's outdoor, so you feel like Tiesto when you play there. You look like Tiesto. That yeah, and you look like Tiesto. <laughs> and uh, so I was just like so, so juiced still from the night before. Yeah. And, I love like the Jaws style, like bass house. Like, For sure. I, I love like that hard like house, you know. So that's what I made, and then um, I sent it to some kid. Um, yeah. Man. I had it sitting for a long time again, and it needed something, and I was like, fuck, I don't know what I can provide to this that would make it better. Yeah. And then he came in with the slam dunk. It's dope, man. Yep. It's dope. And I'm glad you kind of got that one on your resume, because... That one works well in the club. <laughs> yeah. Like yep. the now, Dreams, featuring Drew the Kid. Yep. This one, really creative, and I definitely got the, the Got You vibes a little bit yep. here. You know what I mean? So I don't know if you produce this one around the same time or inspirationally, but the builds and breaks, but it's a different drop in an overall feel. I mean, Future House, dude. Yeah. You're not producing Future House, at least like from what I've seen here or what I've known about you. Did you go outside like where you usually are finding your inspiration here, or where were you at creatively when you made this track? So that, Dreams is an interesting one because Dreams is actually the first track that Drew and I ever worked on together. Really? So if you remember, he's also on Function. Yes. So Function happened in the same session that Dreams happened in. No way. So we were originally in the studio recording Dreams, Mm -hmm. recorded Dreams, and I just played Function, and he was like, this is hot. I like this. (laughs) And then Function was pretty much done at that point. It's just drums and bass the whole time pretty much, you know. So put that out and then sat on Dreams because we didn't have a name for it. Yeah. And um, it was also just kind of like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. 
I don't know how to finish this. And then I just sat down one day and um, over the year that I had that track too, <laughs> like I learned a lot of production. <laughs> um, so yeah, I put we put that out. So, I mean, I, what I'm getting from you, at, at least at this point, is a lot of these tracks that I've mentioned here, you've had for a year. Yeah. But you were getting a lot better as a producer during that time. Yeah. Were you going back into these tracks and cleaning them up on new things you've learned? Um, yeah, some of them. Yeah. Um, like so yeah, plugins, dreams. Like sound um, design. Sound design everything. and maybe I'm really particular. I'm like anally particular about the way my drums sit or like little sounds. Or yeah. Like, it's, it's yeah, it's it's pretty bad. Um, but That's but okay. uh, but yeah. So I was going back in and cleaning things up, um, re-listening a hundred times to make sure I didn't hate it. Um, mm-hmm. and then uh, yeah. I mean that's pretty much what I was doing in that yeah. year. Two thousand eighteen was a big year for production for me, like learning production because I spent that three months in LA. Right. And pretty much all I did every day was make beats. So yeah. I mean that's pretty much all I do now is make music and yeah. games. So. You, just you get a lot better when you do that all the time. For sure. And I love your, your motivation on that, man, because not a lot of people are able to, like, say, okay, it's time to work, it's time to get better. Yeah. Usually you kind of have to even collaborate, and I, I know how working with other people, like, you like to have your vision. Yeah. So I think, like, I think that's a huge strength of yours. I Thank you, bro. That. But Dream's great track. Also, shout out to the cover art. Did you make the cover art on that? I did make Chicago the cover art. Theater, baby. Yes. Right here around the corner. Yep. I, I love that, that cover shit. Yeah. Nice job. Thank you, man. Nice job. I, I it was a uh, snowy night too. Like on, in that picture, it literally is like how it is outside right now. Yeah, it was. Um, I just like couldn't. You know, sometimes you just can't imagine something, or like you know, you can't think of. Because uh, dreams, like we could have called that track really anything. Yeah. Um, and usually. Usually there's a word in the track that the it's named after, and yeah. that's not the case for that one. Yeah. Um. So it was really just like me sitting for like ten days and being like, "Fuck!" Like, <laughs> I I played with a few different cover arts. I played with one where it's just all black and in like white got milk font, like <laughs> dreams Apollo XO and yeah, Dream, yeah, yeah, you know. And I was like, "That's just kind of cliche." And then I was like. I wonder if I can Photoshop our names onto the Chicago Theater yes. uh, marquee. And so I spent like an hour like doing the little uh, coloring, like the little uh, oh, marquee. Oh, you go down to the little tiny squares. Yeah, yep. Spent like an hour doing that for that's like all the squares. That's when you know you care, <laughs> yeah. That's when you know. Take yeah. that. So zoom in all the way. Yep. On yeah, when, it, when each color just becomes a little, <laughs> little square. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I was doing. And then... Uh, I threw a, a fill. Uh, I threw a few um, uh, textures on it to give it that real grainy effect, and yeah. sent it to him. And he was like, "Yo, it's fire!" Fuck yeah, bro! So I love that attention yeah. to detail. Um, okay, we mentioned posing already. I just want to acknowledge this one again. Great track. Thank you. I think I actually played it because you guys definitely had that done well before. Because I played it in like my best of twenty nineteen yep. or something. Yeah, I appreciate that. Too. Great track. Shout out to Steve. Very talented producer. Um, just like real quick like from working with someone like Steve Gerard who is so multi-talented in different yeah. genres was that a learning experience for you? Um, yeah because I think up until then I hadn't worked with another house DJ yeah yeah, that's true so that was my first time and Steve's kind of like an OG in the game he is um, he's definitely somebody that I look I look up to as far as like how much 
he puts out and like his knowledge of music and production. Um, yeah. So he heard that. I sent it to him. He heard it and he was like, "Come to the studio with me, and we'll clean this up." And music garage. And then, yep. And yeah. uh, he's like, "We'll clean this up." And so it. Uh, yeah, he did a lot. He definitely added the sauce for sure. Um, and we rearranged a few things and. Um, we, we did, the arrangement really came from like the house DJ standpoint, you know, of like how, and that's what it needed. So like breaks and builds and all that. So, yeah. And I mean, in, in one way or another, like you guys are similar because like he releases dubstep, you know, much he loves rap music too. Yeah. Like hard rap. He always says he wants to play like a hip hop set with me and I'm like, I don't play hip hop sets. So (laughs) I don't, I don't know why you want that from me, but (laughs) He does love rap music. Though. He loves it. I love, I love it. how much he loves it too. And it's not. It's he doesn't love it's like the baby. It's no. not a fake love. He, he loves, loves like Shoreline Mafia dude. and Suicide Boys, <laughs> which I love Shoreline Mafia and Suicide Boys too. So it's perfect. It just goes to show like not everybody can get along with Steve Gerrard, but if you do your best, friend. <laughs> yeah, I love him for sure. That's awesome, man. Now, eyes. This is one we mentioned as well. This one was a label release for you with Mimo on No Face Records. So. I know you kind of came in um, towards the latter part, kind of like how you involved other producers. Mm-hmm. What was that like for you as someone who usually starts with the track, sends it to people? Were you kind of just like, okay, do I want to go back and maybe like redo where the root should be in this song? Yeah. Or how hard was that for you, if it was at all, to go in and say, I want to add my spice? <clears throat> um, it was kind of difficult for me because that was the first time that I had been asked by another DJ, like a prominent DJ, because Mimo's got... I think he crossed over a million Spotify listeners really? in t- 2020. That's awesome. Maybe. I think I could be wrong on that. It was either a million or 500,000. right? Yeah. But uh, he's a really good guy, too. Um, so <clears throat> I definitely wanted to do it justice and not ruin his track. Yeah. And that's usually, like I, I told you earlier, like I usually wouldn't, um, I wouldn't collab or like I'd take a really light, light step into somebody's track if they sent it to me and yeah. they're like, yo, let's collab because... Right. Um, I don't want to mess up their track, you know? Yeah. Um, so it was pretty difficult for me, especially being the first time. Um, it took me like a week. Yeah. Probably. So when it's usually it would not take me a week, but yeah, I mean, it was cool. He liked it. So <laughs> the song's out. It sounds good. So I guess I didn't fuck it up. It's good, man. It's cool. Cause it's like, it's a slower bass house, but it's harder than tech house. Yep. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's that's a tech very, bass. yeah, it's a tech bass. Yeah. Like yeah. that. It's a very like small window there yeah so to speak yep so you guys did a great job on that thank you i love that man um now second to last year options with backs this one goes fucking off dude <laughs> this is like metro booming and juice world shit yeah like you snapped thank you you really did man like the beat the lyrics the overall composition what was the story on this one um sometimes i just get in these like Sometimes I get in the hip hop mode. Yeah, like, that's you know, what I'm like, like this yeah. one was not like Got You or Tokyo Rain. Yeah, or, like, yeah. This one was no drop, straight fucking hard beat. Yeah. Great lyrics, everything. Thank you. Um, man, I can't even remember why I made that. Um, I think I was just in my hip hop mode, mm-hmm. and uh, I made that. And actually, he's managed by by Jesse. Okay. Um, so, 
Um, <clears throat> I had sent it to Jesse, and they were in L.A. at the time, and he was like, yo, this is fire. And then he, I guess he played it for Bax, and Bax was like, yo, I got something for this. And he sent it back, and it wasn't even, it wasn't intended for Bax to get on, but, I mean, I was like, it's fire, so I'm not going to deny, Yeah. you know? Because, like, what's the chance I'm, like, actually going to get it to, like, Travis? Or, like, somebody like that, you know? Like, it's it's pretty slim. Like, it can be done. Like, I know Chase and, like, but... You know Chase B? Yeah. I mean, we're on the same DJ roster together. And then, like, I played with Travis and I played with Chase, I think. Yeah, I remember you telling me that, actually. Three times. So, like, I don't, like, I have his number and, like, we're cool enough to, like, text, but I'm not, like, going to his birthday party. <laughs> so how how difficult is I guess from an outside perspective, right? Let's say if we're an electronic music producer, if I want to get a track in the hands of Tiesto, what That's, is it compared to getting a beat in the hands of Travis Scott? It is substantially Same? harder to get a beat to a hip hop artist than yeah. it is to a DJ and producer. Why is that? Uh, you know, I don't really know. You know what? Actually, I think it's because if I'm giving a beat to Travis Scott, yeah, he uh, like. People send him beats to record on. Like people don't. I don't think people send Tiesto beats to record on. You know, it, it, well, I'm trying. I'm like, trying to like make this make sense in my head. But yeah, it's yeah. it's Talk really it yeah. it's really that Tiesto. Like if you're sending a track to Tiesto, you maybe might want him to play it. Or like you know what I'm saying. I yeah. guess Tiesto is more accessible. That is kind of the thing, right? If I'm a DJ, I could play your music or collaborate on it. And if yeah. I'm a rapper, all I can really do is. Rap, rap on it. it yeah and yeah pretty much and uh then you're asking him to release the song like travis has to release the song he's got to record on it like you know what i'm saying is yeah. where tiesto i'm just like hey listen to my track you, you know in a radio show and yeah. also in an american market as well i feel like it's a lot different too mm-hmm. right like electronic and, music <clears throat> yeah. crosses borders yeah and hip-hop's just weird bro like <laughs> in general just like there's a lot of dudes who like i don't know like Tell us. Cock blocks. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the best way to describe it. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Everybody wants something. And, and I feel like in dance music, it's not... I mean, it's still like that a little bit, but not as much. Right. Like that in hip-hop. They're like, you know, you get a you give a beat to somebody and they're like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll play this for Travis. Right. And then, like, if it's not presented in the right way, you know, like... What kind of mindset are they in, right? Yeah, like, what kind of mindset is he in right now? Like, did you tell him that you think this one's fire? Like, did you really sell him on it? Yeah. You know, so it's just, like, I'd rather, like, yeah, I'll send my beats out. And, like, if I get a placement, that's fucking sick. Right. But, like, I'm not basing my career around getting placements. So, <clears throat> I guess, do you feel like, since you do have the ability to produce both hip-hop and and electronic music, so to speak, do you think that also differentiates you like on a long-term scale because there are so many hip-hop producers out there that just make hip-hop beats and there are a lot of dope hip-hop and rap producers bro Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like some of these tracks out there oh yeah they're fire they're fire yeah i hear a track every day i'm like fuck i wish i would have thought of that yeah exactly (laughs) and like that's that's a really cool thing why like i always i also love like interviewing people like you and also rappers and stuff because how they think about music is a lot different than how electronic music producers yeah, you can tell when somebody started in electronic music and is trying Absolutely. to make hip-hop. Yeah. Uh, and vice versa, too. Mm-hmm. Do you, I feel like, do you see the bridge connect if you start in hip-hop and go to electronic? Or do you is it one, one or the other? Um, I think you have better drums and yeah. a better understanding of bounce. 
so um, true. and like you know um, movement if you start in hip hop you look at someone like Diplo too right mm-hmm. he started in hip hop yeah yep um, he is when he makes that major laser shit yeah. and he has that percussion and he's able to slow it down and then speed it up exactly I think that's why he's really I mean <clears throat> it's so cool and I think we both know that house music is the best for so long yep but it's so great to see people like Diplo and I mean like Alesso for God's sake yeah <laughs> house music dude. yeah like, it's so tech awesome house yeah it's tech sick. house like we're not just like making it a, a mainstream let's just call it like Duke Dumont obviously makes tech house but let's yeah. just say this is not I got you like they're True. literally making tech house tracks yep um yeah when Diplo released On My Mind I was oh, like, that oh, song changed God, the game this song's so good changed the fucking game yeah th- you know what really hyped that up though was the video that he posted on his story of him and MK oh yeah playing it oh if he wouldn't have released that video the song wouldn't have been as big you talking about when they did that back to back set mm-hmm. god damn you got a good memory because I forgot about that and when I saw that I was like yeah, I, I DM'd him. I was like, what song is this? I DM'd both of them. I DM'd Diplo and <laughs> MK. I was like, "If the, I need this. Because you know what's funny? You can see MK in that video kind of being like... Holy shit. Doing the MK like, ooh. Yeah. Like, what is this track? Yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> and that, actually, that song is so cool. I think this is kind of why beep work is, fucking pisses me off sometimes. Because they categorize songs incorrectly yeah that song was like number one on bass house and beatport for so long it probably still is in the top 10 but like it shows also at the same time that house and tech house and bass house it's all house yeah so how are these all meshing together to kind of create either this new genre or can we just all finally put it under the same umbrella have sub genres but all come to the agreements that like it's all kind of like the same. Yeah, yeah. It's weird that it. I'd look at you pretty weird if you were like, "I'm a bass house DJ." Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like, I get that. Like, your style might be more tech heavy or bass heavy, but like, they're the same fucking thing. Yeah. Kind of. That's what like I'm saying. kind the kind of right. they're, they're obviously not. You can very you can tell the difference between them, but yeah. like at some point. The, they start to blend together and it's like this is like tech base uh, yeah you know, just call it house tech base yeah just call it house but I think I think I don't know cause like then you if you start calling everything house then like actual house music mm. like you know like the uh fuck like I don't Talking know like Chicago style house not even that but like I'm trying to think who makes like actual like like house music like I, when I think of like actual house music I think of like uh like, um, maybe, like, Sonny Fodera. Sonny Fodera? Yeah, like, I feel like... I don't even know. Not even him. I don't, all right, let's move on from this. Because <laughs> I, 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 can't, I can't think of, like, um, like, an actual name of the song. It's, like, leaving me. When I think of actual house music, I think of uh, Cashmere. Okay, yeah. Those are... Yeah, that's a good Old example. Old Green Velvet. Yeah. Frankie Knuckles type stuff, you know, the ooh, ah, ee, ooh, or whatever yeah, it is, yeah, like yeah. Ron Carroll type shit. Yeah. Like Chicago OGs. Yep. Maybe it's just because, like, I'm Chicago deep rooted. But then if you expand upon that, everything, the foundation of all of these genres are based off that. Yeah. And I mean, it, it really just is an interesting time in electronic music right now with what's happened in the pandemic and stuff. But I think house music, I talk about it all the time. It's always been on this trajectory. Yep. Always up a little bit. 
we saw, I just mentioned original <laughs> Don, Flosh Anonymous, bro, mm-hmm. that 2012 shit. Boom. Yeah. You <laughs> guys lasted, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, if you look like someone like Diplo and Alessio and Tiesa, like, they, they know that, like, and Steve Aoki, too. Big room, eh, boom. Unfortunately, as, as much as I have a soft spot in my heart for Progressive House... I hate Progressive House. I used to love it. I hate it. In 2011, I used to love it. I don't I play it anymore. But it did that too, right? And there are always some that are going to continue because they're diehards, right? Yeah. What's your favorite Progressive House track? Probably Lose My Mind. Alesso and Sebastian and Grosso. Oh, okay. But, um, and it's funny too because Progressive House now is, it's like Beatport categorizes it as like, a deep melodic house. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like I, art bat. You know yeah, I mean? it's it's weird when you start trying to categorize all this shit because it's like every song could have like five genres alone, you know? Exactly. Like um, I think Swedish that. House Mafia is the only progressive house that I can probably tolerate. Yeah. And that's because <laughs> they were, well... They were huge. They were huge. Huge. They defined the genre. Yeah. Anyway, we probably need to do another podcast about that. <laughs> <laughs> we're here to talk about Apollo. Yeah. Last but certainly not least, bro, and, and this one I think is so special because it is truly unlike any other track that you released, Drugs, <laughs> with Holy Water. My girlfriend begged me to release that song. Bro, it's like lo-fi, hip-hop, trap. you got yeah. fusions of so many different genres here. We've got textures like on many different levels. Like, it's thick. Yeah. I don't know how else to put it. So, <clears throat> that... Let's hear God it. damn it. That's another, like, year... Maybe six Is months. It? Six months long, yeah. Um, because um, so we made that in LA. Yeah. Um, holy water, my boy. We call him Rolla. Yeah. Um, he. Um, what did I have a subscription to? Oh, I had a subscription to. Uh, what is that thing they get all the people that are like really good at shit and. They all do tutorials or lessons. Masterclass. Masterclass, yes. I had a Masterclass subscription, um, and the Timberland one had dropped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Timberland does the beatboxing mm-hmm. and then makes the beat over the beatbox. Yeah. Um, which is pretty cool. And yeah. uh, Holy Water was watching it with me, and he's like, I want to try doing something with just my voice. Mm-hmm. So all those layers in there like are the all... a minute? Yeah, that's all him singing. That's all his voice. Really? Nothing else in there. Yeah. There's no other sound in there other than his voice. That's fucking even crazy, like the dude. Even like that real reverb, like breakbeat oh, drums. I pads or something. Nope. No, none. Um, that's all his, his voice. And that's then, really impressive. Yeah, so he did that. We tracked it in my studio in LA, and then um, I did the drums. And then it was the same thing. That happened with Supernova, where we were like, do we put another verse on here? <laughs> or we were just like, fuck it, just repeat the whole thing. So I literally just copy pasted it. And then, I mean, I changed up like the uh, instruments and right. took some shit out. But right. yeah, and then <clears throat> I wasn't going to release it. I asked him if he wanted to release it. He was like, no. Um, like, if he wanted to release it, you know, but he's like, it's not really my, my, uh, my my brand my style because yeah. he was like going through a change in like management or something too yeah. I think so it just right. wasn't a good time yeah. and then my girlfriend just wouldn't leave me alone about it so it's <laughs> Roxy <laughs> so, that track needed yeah. to see the light yeah so I uh, love that track though man yeah it's pretty cool and then I don't know if you've seen the video for it yeah but of course I was about to ask it's about just that. the 
the lava lamp. Yeah. So. It's dope. <laughs> so Roxy and I were like super high one night at Always the house. At the house. And uh, <clears throat> my mom, for my birthday last year, she bought me this big ass lava lamp. And because uh, <laughs> lava lamps are cool as fuck, first yeah, of all. Yeah, they are. Yeah. And then the reason that she did that is because we had one at home at my parents' house that was huge like that. And uh, my dog, when he was like younger, he knocked it over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the lava lamp seeped through, like the oil seeped through the floor into our basement oh and like my. onto my studio gear. <laughs> oh my God. So, it, I mean, it wasn't like super bad or anything, but, but still, like, it, yeah, it's, I didn't know that because it's oil and, you yeah. know, oil can go through anything really. Right. Um, and they have like hardwood floors. So it just like kind of went through. And uh, so she sent me that lava lamp for my birthday. And, uh, <laughs> we were listening to the track and I was like, and the, like, it was just like completely dark in our living room other than the TV. Yeah. And, uh, the lava lamp was like forming this like super cool shape. And I was just, we were just like watching it stoned, <laughs> super stoned. And, uh, <clears throat> typical situation. Yeah. And so <laughs> I was like, yo, how crazy would it be to make a video just yeah. out of that lava lamp? Yeah. And, like, that's just the whole thing. Like, people are just watching this lava lamp form yeah. these shapes. And then, like, because, I mean, how often do you see a lava lamp, like, start being a lava lamp? Like, you know what Never. I'm saying? Exactly. Like, you just see a lava lamp and it's, like, on. bubbling and yeah. on. And, like, you know? So I was like, well, why don't we just record that? So I literally went. This is, like, a 30-minute process, still super stoned. Um, the, the whole video is... action, though. Yeah, so the whole video is probably, like, an hour long. I yeah. went and got my laptop, got my... I did it on my webcam that I use for streaming and just sat there. Nice. And, like, we couldn't turn any of the other lights on in the room yeah. or anything because, like, I didn't want to fuck up the image of right. the lava lamp, like, glowing on the wall. Right. And then, uh, yeah, that's how that came about. I love so, that, man. It's a cool track, though. I really like that track. Um, I'm glad we released it. I feel like like nobody really knows why, but yeah, now you have the story. That's a good track. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. We'll bro. clip that one. We'll share that one later. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's 2021 now. What what can we expect for the rest of this year from you? Oh then? my god. I got so much new music. I mean, do we have tracks that have been working on a year? Like do we have a fuck ton of tracks ready to go here? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we actually do. Pelly Grossa is a year, I yep. think. Um, Just show me this track, guys. It's new yeah. age shit. Like, it's, it's dope. Pelly Grossa is a year, I believe. Um, got a lot of Latin influence stuff. Um, just cleared that sample for a Detroit classic. Yes. Um, so that one will probably be soon, um, maybe in March. Okay. Um, we just got to figure. We got to sign the contract for it, um, get the royalty agreement set up, but the sample's good to go. There you um, go. And then uh, I'm trying to think, what else do I have? Um, I think I'm working on two projects, um, like two albums. Um, I'm working on one with another producer. His name's Forbes. Okay. We've been bouncing ideas back and forth. Um, I've been sending him tracks, and it just got to the point where we were like, why don't we just do an album? Or like a little EP together. There you go. Because um, we have Peligrosa, and then we have like four other tracks in the chamber. Um, As someone who doesn't like to collab, <clears throat> look at you. <laughs> I mean, 
they're all coming from me. And, you know, yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, starting yeah, all yeah, the yeah. ideas. Um, but uh, we have that. And then uh, I think I got a few. I got two with Tanner Dixon from Milwaukee. Oh, yeah, um, bro. Who, dude, I've been seeing him. He seems pretty talented, huh? Tanner's the man, dude. If you want to hear a really, really, really fucking good producer, especially like house music, yeah, it's Tanner. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then I'm trying to think, who else do I got? Um, so me and Bread Doe, uh, artist here from Chicago, yeah. we've been tossing around an idea of doing like a uh, <clears throat> like a dance hall, okay. like Afro fusion type album. Um, and then just my individual house releases, maybe. And then I played you some dirty R.L. Grime shit earlier, yes. so that'll come eventually. So a continuation and a maturation of what you released in 2020, it sounds like. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, exactly that. I love that. I'm trying to think. I, oh, we got a few hip-hop records, too. I was going to say, One. you can get Tokyo Rain Part 2 or something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Josh, I just got to get him back in the studio, so I got some beats for him. So. Dude. <laughs> Dude, that the video so would. Good. Oh my god! So the video was gonna be so good for that too. Oh no! Don't tell me COVID got in the way. Um, no, it was it was a budget thing more okay. so. What was so, the vision? So the vision. Oh my god! So I should low key be a video director. I think <laughs> <laughs> like I'm gonna start doing this like okay. once we get the funds for it. Yeah. So the video was gonna start because you know it's it's a uh, lately I've been living life stress free. We were all going to we were gonna take it to LA and um go to the Santa Monica Pier and Josh was going to be in the Ferris wheel nice with a girl feeding him an ice cream cone or <laughs> cotton candy yeah lately I've been living life stress-free yeah that's yeah. stress-free so just like having a good time just in LA with the sun and like the beach and just like I, there was a bunch of other shots um yeah but yeah, that's that's also why I'm trying to go so hard in music so I can like get the b- budget to like shoot music videos how I want because mm-hmm. the number one music video that I want to shoot the video for is Function. Yo, bro, if I can get the budget to do Function on the scale that I want to do it, it'll be one of the best music videos of all time. Fuck yeah, straight up 100 percent because it's like an actual story. It's like an actual like short film. Yeah, it's not just like a music video. It's gotta be like that. Yeah. I've always had a soft spot for music videos. I love them, bro. I love them, especially when they're not just like rapper videos, like or like yeah. you know people dancing in the club. Another one that I want to do is Supernova. Yeah, Supernova. I had a super sick concept for uh, Supernova too. Mm-hmm. Um, it was gonna start with um, a dude in a record store picking out a record and like supernova like the cover is like glowing yeah. as he looks at it and then he like too. comes up and checks out and i'm like the cashier and then uh <laughs> yeah, this is good as fuck. bro it gets pretty good and then uh it's an old dude so he like takes it home puts it on yeah the record and then like there's a girl sitting right there yeah. and then like uh you know the the line is like izzy's pretty much like uh, like texting this girl yeah. you know and so yeah. like the chat bubbles pop up that he's like texting her and then she um <clears throat> she takes the record or she she shazams the record and then there's it's it's a lot bro it's a lot i actually don't want to give it away because i'm actually still probably gonna get it shot um, because it's, bro, it's, it's so fucking fire. Like I, I get excited talking about these video ideas because yeah. I feel like people don't do enough for their videos. Um, yeah. like DJs especially. 
It's yeah. It's always usually pretty simple. Yeah, but this these this one's like a pretty complicated. It's like the transformation of uh, from vinyl to an MP3. That's so sick. Too, and then like so like the record changes hands essentially a yeah. bunch of times. Generations. And then so like yeah, it changes generations, changes hands. This person, she uh, takes the record and gives it to somebody else, you know. And all you see is the hand switching with the record, and then a dude walks up to like Spy Bar, yeah, or something, yeah. you know, with the with the USB yes. or whatever. And then I'm the DJ playing it oh. right at the drop, you know. He's like, "Yo, you should play this." Fuck. Yeah. Oh, so, so COVID, good. COVID did get in the way of that one. A little bit. Um, and then. I just need to find a choreographer to do the UK. I wanted to do choreography, like a certain, like have a choreographer do the UK uh, garage part. Dude. So. God damn. Yeah, that one's going to be a really good one. Okay, well, I'm looking I mean, all of them are going to be good, but Supernova is probably the easiest one to shoot. Like for function, I had to rent like a school gym and a bunch of other shit and get yeah. old people and, yeah. Wow, that's awesome though. That's a lot, bro. Good for you. You got, Thanks, a, you got a lot of cre- creative outlets, don't you? I, tr- I try, man. Because if you're not, like, surrounding yourself in creativity, 360 degrees, then yeah. there, there's a chance for it to escape. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, man. Well, one thing I've been asking a lot of people, um, of course, this 2020 was a really tough year for the music industry. Yeah. I guess a general question for you, what state do you think we're in right now? What is the state of the music industry right now? Um, Are we on hold? Are we maturing? Are we regressing? Are we progressing? I think the the industry that's really been affected isn't necessarily like the music industry. Mm-hmm. It's the live performance industry. Yeah, well said. The um, business aspect of it, right? Yeah, the just venues. like the performance side of it. Yeah, um, totally. I definitely think uh, we're going to regress in budget, maybe. I hope not when we when everything opens back up, you know, like club budgets and like, you know, festival budgets, whatever. Yeah. Um, I think that those fees will be a little lower, um, but hopefully not too much lower because I think everybody's going to be really stoked to go out again. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think they'll definitely bring in a lot of money. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think we're just paused right now for yeah. live performances. This I is agree. The, this is the time for artists to sit and build their catalog and really get a fan base going. You know, like yeah. we were talking about earlier, like, you know, really putting yourself out there, get a fan base going and yeah, you know, try to get in front of more eyes, I guess. What um, would be your advice to people that maybe like thought they wanted to get into this before and then this all happened? Still go for it. What can they do to differentiate themselves? I mean, just grow your brand, but more importantly, grow, make sure you have a solid fan base. If I could go back and do one thing, it would yeah. be to make sure I have like a hundred solid fans. Yeah. Like, before I did anything else. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, because 100 fans, you sell something for $10, that's $1,000. And it's yeah. not even the money thing. It's just, like, if you yeah. have 100 fans that will buy anything, that's 100 fans that will repost anything. Yeah. And they know probably 100 people, you know? Yeah. So, like, and that's how music gets spread, you know? So um, It's true. That would be my, that would be my uh, advice is grow your fan base and learn your craft. I couldn't agree more with that because what we've dealt with in the music industry and social media, at least in our generation, is oversaturation and things that have been exposed this year that not everything you see on the internet is true. That's something that we all knew and now it's been proven and spoke about by these media outlets, right? Like 
big tech's exposure and stuff like that, right? Yeah. People trust what they see on social media less than ever, and what they trust more is word of mouth. I mean, we're back in the 1950s, bro. Like, yeah. I believe what my friends s- send me. Like, they send me a song, I know it's good, and I'm going to listen to that and support that artist. Exactly. You know what I mean? Having real fans is so important. Yep. Because those are the people who are going to go to bat for you. You can only sell yourself so much. Yeah, 100%. You need yeah. help, bro. You know what I mean? Like, you it's so need fun. help. It's so funny because every time I release a song, when I, like, go to, like, promote it, or, yeah. um, I feel like, have you seen that meme of that otter with the little guitar? Yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel. Every time I'm like, hey, I just released a new song. Yeah, yeah, Can yeah. Can you please go listen to it? <laughs> you yeah, know? it's so sad. <laughs> I've put 100 hours of my life into this <laughs> to this non-tangible thing. Like, yes. <laughs> please go stream it. It's so true. It's, yeah. It's... it's always hilarious sad but realistic (laughs) yeah when you like see people like we will like post a video or a picture of like something so stupid and it gets 100 likes yeah and then we post like a song that we've worked on for so long and it gets like five likes and you're like what yeah is this the facebook algorithm fuck yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. right yep it's the reality though yeah man i i deal with that all the time and i think about it all the time i'm like dude you could post a picture of a chicken nugget that looks like a dick and get 500 likes yeah you could get 5,000 shares and 5 million likes <laughs> chicken and nuggets look a dick. Yeah. straight up bro that like, would do well yeah i'd like it <laughs> <laughs> but straight up man that's how it is and it's just like it almost makes you think if uh like these algorithms are uh yeah um like against wholesome content it's hard to say yeah when they promote so much of their platform to be organic yeah realistic and authentic but i mean the fact of the matter is none of it is none of it is and it is a means it's not a means to an end because it's so important so important and that's the thing too about like going all the way back to live streaming the fact that we still are able to connect with fans even if it's one person that really cares, a hundred people that really cares, a thousand, a million, whatever it might yeah. be. We can still do this. Like, this shit can still happen. And that would be my advice to people. Yeah. Is like, it's just a roadblock, man. Like, it's just a detour. I mean, yeah. And I mean, 100%, if you think about it this way, like, if you wanted to be a DJ, like, if you wanted to be just an open format DJ who doesn't produce... Like then yeah you're fucked like Tough shit. sorry you, you really, really but like don't. if you re- really want to get into this and really DJ like you don't really the only thing you can't do is perform yep. live yep. you know and like you can do it on Twitch you can do it you know yeah pretty much on Twitch but you can do it on <laughs> Twitch on your Instagram you know whatever however yeah. you want to do it but like make music you know and you can still release like none of that's affected you know so. yeah for sure and I think that's kind of the cold hard truth. Yeah. Is there's going to be, I mean, how many venues that you were resident DJ at have closed down? All of them. All of them. All of them. Right, except like well-funded clubs. Oh, you're talking about like permanently. Oh, uh. Well, or I mean just... both. I mean, permanently though, a lot. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's crazy. Yeah, unless they were, oh, like, yeah, like some type of like restaurant slash club or unless, like you said, they were really well-funded. Um, yeah, they're gone. Which is super unfortunate. In a big city like Chicago, yeah. we lose places like Concrete Cowboy and Bottle Blonde, right? Yep. Like, they were staples in the open format DJ scene. Yep. They're gone. 
Yeah. Something will maybe replace them in the future, but that competition's gonna be stiffer than it ever was. Before. Oh yeah, for sure. You concrete I mean? was yeah, concrete was one of my favorite places to play too because they just had such a crowd that it was like we're down to here, whatever, just make yeah. it lit. <laughs> you played all I want for yeah. Christmas is you, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when I would see you play there, you would drop fucking Tech House, you would drop Bass House, you would drop Travis yeah. Scott, you'd drop whatever it might be. Yeah, sure. It all works. All works. But that's going to be the thing, too, I think what people need to realize is, like, we're going to get back down to the basis of this shit, and it's going to be enjoying music. Yep. But, I mean, I'm optimistic for the future, man. I really am. I'm realistically optimistic. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want this timeline to be shorter than what I... I want this to be over with tonight. Yeah. Like, I want oh, you yeah. and I to go to the club right now. <laughs> yeah, straight up. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But when it comes down to it, like, like you said, let's use this time to our advantage in the studio, like, building our brands, building our followings, finding out what our true passion is. Yeah. And I just hope that when this all comes back, like, it's going to be a, a bright and optimistic and fulfilling scene for everybody involved in every single level. Yeah. I agree. No, I 100% agree. If we could go to a club tonight, that would be lit. Yeah, that'd be tight. <laughs> It'd be so tight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this has been such a great time, man. It's always it's always such a pleasure talking to you. You know how much love and respect I got for you, bro. Like, Thank you, bro. And it's so cool to see you like just getting better, dude. Like you're <laughs> always like been a good producer to me, but like when you sit here and explain these this shit to me, like from our last interview, how you kind of talked about your music. You're on a higher level. Yeah. You really are. That's how you're right. explaining this, like, your strategy, your structure, your release, your business mindset, your brand, everything. So I want to acknowledge you for that. Thank you, bro. I appreciate that so much. Um, <clears throat> means a lot because, you know, like, a lot of people don't look at that stuff, so I appreciate I it. Thanks, man. It's important. It's important. <laughs> Thanks, dude. <laughs> well, where can we find you on social media too? At um, Apollo XO? No, I changed it. Um, did you? Yeah, I did. It's I'm with Apollo now. Oh shit, you're right. Yeah. I didn't even notice that. Yep. I like that. Yeah. Why'd you change it? Because if you cool. tag me in something, there's a chance that you're with Apollo. <laughs> you know? And no, Business. no, 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 no. So at, uh, it's this is a funny story. So. My boy Darian, he comes out with us all the time, and yeah. he was late to the club one time, and he went up to the bouncer, and he was like, yo, I'm with Apollo. Oh. And the That's bouncer was like, everybody's with Apollo, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody says that. And so that's where I was like, he told me that story, and I was like, I should put that on a fucking shirt. I'm with Apollo. Dude. And so it's on, you know, it's on my hats now. Um, I love that. And then uh, I was like, I should just make that my Instagram handles too. Yeah. So like when if, you know somebody tags me in the club, I'm, I'm with Apollo. Apollo. Yeah. Yeah. It was gonna be Apollo's my favorite, but that was a little too. Yeah. It's clean. Yeah, we thought of yeah we thought that, and then my boy, uh, my mix engineer Ferbs, has uh, his email is Ferbs is my favorite. So he there was you like, go. you're stealing my thing. And I was like, <laughs> the fuck out of here. <laughs> so I was like, all right, you can use it, but you have to do something with it or else yeah. I'm going to take it. Like, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Well, all those that are lovers of good music and motivated people, make sure you go follow Apollo yeah. at I'm with Apollo. Hey, <laughs> I appreciate you, oh, man. Thank you.